Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, happy anniversary. Aw, thank you. <laughs> I didn't think you'd remember. Not for the podcast. Not for, I know, that's uh, like, that's although actually, in the fall. Yesterday, there was a pretty good anniversary, uh, that Kawhi shot. Oh my God, that was yeah. awesome. That was awesome. Fun. Really that cool was, picture. That was fun uh, remembering that. Um, but no, uh, on today's episode, we're not celebrating a, a specific anniversary that uh, pertains to either of us, other than uh, our um, our pastime as sports betters. Uh, because today is the two-year, I, mean, I guess if you're listening to today on May 14th, it's the two-year anniversary to of... tonight, uh, when it comes out, before midnight. Right, it's uh, two years into PASPA being overturned. Uh, which has paved the way for expansion of sports betting in the U.S. And I got to tell you, man, a lot has changed. Uh, <laughs> we're in a different world. Uh, yeah, we so. got 22 states on board. Some of them are legal but pending. Like, we should be in a much better mood for this. But obviously, with everything going on, kind of a screeching halt. I just love some of the headlines where it's like, Iowa's sports betting handle was down 87%. Well, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the people that I, I, I wonder what they're like when they have to write these articles. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah this is, yeah, here's what's happening. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, there, are, April, there have been some surprises though, especially yeah. some of the numbers that have come out the last couple of days regarding other things. And we'll get into that later. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, New Jersey is entering the terrible twos here. We're in uh, the market starting to get a little mature. Um, we have some fascinating stuff happening, uh, in Vegas, some new players who are, uh, attempting some low vig, uh, low vig, uh, uh, penny style models. Although I guess maybe they don't want to be called penny style models, whatever. Um, and yeah, several new states, as you mentioned, um, adding even more complexity. We have, uh, a break from live sports, which is sure to test the industry. And uh, to address all these topics, the state of the industry in general, for the second year in a row, we welcome back a good friend of the pod, Captain Jack Andrews. Jack, welcome back to the Deep Dives. Hey, guys. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I, you know, we make this an annual occasion where I join you each uh, anniversary. That, that works, but I'm happy to be here. I love it. Well, your insight is uh, extremely valuable, not just to uh, the advantaged players out there, but to, uh, to the wrecks like us. Uh, it's fascinating to kind of follow along what's going on industry wise. And, uh, you know, I think now more than ever, you know, it's worth paying attention to, um, to what happens during this shutdown, because I feel like there's going to be some pretty broad movement industry wise. This is uh, this is a real stress test, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've never seen anything like this, obviously. And I don't think anyone was ever prepared for this to happen. It's not like we've heard of these companies had uh, pandemic insurance or anything. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be something that they're going to have to crawl out of for years to come and we'll see how they do it. I, you know, there's a lot of different ways this can go. One guy at Wimbledon, one guy <laughs> out of right. like the entire world. I can't imagine how smug that, that has to be. Just, he has to be insufferable around the office for taking that policy out. Whoever, who, you know, maybe it was a group of people, but I mean, wow. Like when that came out, that was hilarious. Oh, but, you know, they like had like said, risk managers meetings where they were talking about like, should we cancel this? Should we still be paying oh, this? That, right. You know that they almost pulled the plug on that. I'm sure. Right. 
Oh, I'm sure one... the premiums were pretty big for such an unlikely event. But yeah, like uh, the captain said, not many people had stuff like that. And there are some, you know, a lot of industries obviously are suffering. But when you have no sports, it's very hard to have sports betting. We've seen everyone <laughs> turn to ping pong and, and Sims. And, you know, while, while the offshores were quick to embrace that, like the legal the legal books it's a lot more tricky to say hey we're gonna let you bid on you know bet on nascar sims tomorrow so it's obviously rough sledding for everybody i really feel for the states that like just went live that's that's not what you want to see i think it was michigan that was march 11th that was <laughs> the day yeah. they went live was the the day the music died so to speak man that's oh tough. god Oh man, they must have had uh, a lot of money poured into the brick and mortars there. I'm guessing. Uh, if oh god, it's, it's there's it a bunch of casinos oh. in that. I mean, it's it's casino country, especially. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch in the UP too, but I mean, they had the infrastructure already in place. It was going to be a good state for it, and then. <laughs> well, before we get into kind of the the meat of today's uh, topics. Um, just in general, how is the uh, the sports quarantine treating you, Captain Jack? Have you kind of pivoted your advantage play into what there is to play out there? You kind of I, like in the. It's weird. We kind of came across some some known outcomes to bet on. Uh, the draft props were pretty soft, writ large. Uh, it was pretty profitable April <laughs> overall, uh, and then yeah, May is off to a good start with a couple of a couple of big horse hits. Uh, so it's I, I can't say it's been you know going especially poorly. How how are you doing during this uh, uh, the sports quarantine? You know, I wish I had the same kind of success story that you guys have. Uh, <laughs> they, the only thing I've bet on so far is the uh, NFL draft, and I, I pretty much broke even there. Um, came out slightly ahead after some some promos and things like that. Uh, but, you know, these other sports, I just can't get behind it. I just can't. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm this kind of guy that I need to, like, get, a, to steal a phrase, a deep dive into something in order to bet into it. And I just, you know, when I look into trying to model out some of these other sports or, you know, even the NASCAR Sims, it just doesn't it just doesn't work for me and, and the limits are so low. So I've just been sitting on the sidelines, um, you know, kind of fulfilling my time with some other tasks, but uh, for the most part, yeah, no, no sports really for me. I'm, but I'm itching, man. I am itching to get into some baseball or basketball or whatever. Uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts yeah. on uh, sort of the roller coaster of emotion that goes into when we hear from, uh, you know, major league baseball has a plan. Maybe the NFL is going to start on time. Maybe. Oh, even no. hockey. I mean, Batman came out and said, like, we're not planning on not finishing this. Yeah. I mean, it is a roller coaster, though, right? Because one day MLB looks like, oh, yeah, we've got a perfect plan. And then the next day, it's the plan is that the, the players play without a salary. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you realize, oh, that's not going to work, right? And, and then they, they say, oh, well, the owners actually, even if there's no fans in the stands – and they play and they pay a prorated salaries, the owners are going to lose tons and tons of money. Well, then at that point, you know, the owners are going to back out. Um, you know, you have California that says, Oh, we're locking it all down for another three months. And then you have Florida come out and say, well, then come on over and be in our sunshine state. You can, you can play here. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's a roller coaster, guys. It's like, I can't, I get tired of trying to, you know, speculate because I just, 
I just don't know anymore. I'm just. Mm. Yeah. I think, Andy, I think the, at least one league. Yeah. yeah at what's least one league sport, something is going to screw it up royally, start up and have to stop. And maybe not because of like an outbreak in a locker room or something. I think somebody is going to botch this so terribly. I don't know who yet, but I'm setting the over under at, at the 0.5 leagues that screw this up this fall. And it, I mean, think, we've uh, run into this so many times in different, you know, you look at uh, the logistics and honestly, like you said, both of you, it, it comes down to financials, like everything's financials. And I mean, you and I a little heavier into tennis than some people. Tennis is so gate heavy, like, the, and they've came out and said it. it's, we can't feasibly have professional tennis without fans in the stands. They don't have these monster television contracts with the major networks that are, you know, on every Sunday, like the NFL and the big Monday night football contracts. They just can't do it. So I, I was, you know, very taken aback when they canceled Indian Wells back a couple months ago. And now I guess I'm in the mindset that we're probably not having tennis at all this year. Maybe maybe no tennis at all in 2020 from here on out. So it's it's going to be sport by sport, and you know I think a few will go for it. Like hockey sounds like they're going for it. Baseball is a mess. NFL, I just don't see how the NFL doesn't do it. Like they'll figure out a way. It's the NFL; they don't care. Mm. I still think the NFL faces humongous challenges related to the financial side of this, but. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah no, I'm there's, cautiously there's optimistic, big challenges. I guess. Um, the I I think you're gonna you're not gonna have to wait long to cash your uh, some league will uh, will start up and stop again because I gotta tell you the the kind of the rules and the hurdles that are in place for the PGA when they're going after Texas, uh, yeah, good yeah. luck. Uh, there are going to be a lot of cancellations on the calendar after their Texas, especially because even in Texas, they're requiring everybody to fly and stay for 14 days before the tournament. So, you know, at best, I think we're talking about probably like an event a month sort of thing through the summer. What do you think? Yeah, that, that seems, it seems likely that there'll be a major cancellations, which if we had one golf tournament a month, that'd be it's better than none. I guess it's, it'd be nice to see some golf, some racing, a few sports, you know, even I don't care if we don't, you know, finish the hockey season, finish the NBA season. If we have truncated playoffs, shorter series, like just, you know, take the proper precautions and do what you can. Like I'm, I'm fine with them changing a ton of stuff. And obviously they are because some of the ideas that have been thrown out are pretty crazy as far as re realigning the divisions for baseball to keep them from traveling more. And I'm, I'm fine with whatever, figure this out take all the proper precautions and go ahead, you know, safely. And because you don't want it to start up and say, ah, oh, we, we flew too close to the sun. We were way too optimistic about this. And now we're shutting it back down. <laughs> Jack, are you okay? If uh, the designated hitter is, uh, is <laughs> forced into the, a- the NL teams for all time. No, I, you know, I'm kind of a purist. Um, and <laughs> but at, at this point, if, if that's, if that's the casualty, then yeah, take, take the whatever, do it. Um, yeah. You know, if they tell me they can only play uh, five inning games, I'll be like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, We're using yeah. a T this yeah. year. Right. It's T ball. <laughs> I don't care. Play them. Let me bet on this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're in the same mindset, I guess. Um, it's been pretty interesting to see how kind of 
in general, folks across our world here in the, you know, in the gambling Twitter space and just in general, the gambling media space. It's been interesting to see how people have pivoted and come up with different creative ways to generate content. Um, I especially am enjoying the uh, YouTube series you're putting together. Um, it seems like it's being well received overall. Uh, what inspired you to do that? And, you know, what, what are some of your, uh, your, I, I guess your, your thoughts on, um, you know, making the most out of this time that we have to kind of learn and improve on our craft. Yeah. You know, the YouTube series, uh, specifically the live webcast, that is something I'd had in mind for a while. It, you know, I, I, I've looked at YouTube, you know, cause Hey, I'm, I'm like anybody else. Like if I want to learn something, I don't want to read a whole book. You know, <laughs> if there's a 15 minute <laughs> video out there telling me yes. how to do something, I'm going to watch the 15 minute video. I'm not going to read, you know, 20 paragraphs about it. Right? <laughs> you, you're not going to look for a five minute video. <laughs> well, exactly. That's, you know, seven minute abs. That's the key. Um, <laughs> but if I'm, you know, so I've looked around on YouTube and I've searched for sports betting and there's really a dearth of content out there. You know, you got people that are just trying to sell picks online and they're selling picks for games that happened three years ago because everything's on YouTube is there forever. Right. So then you got guys that are telling you things, but, they're telling you things with like a really poor webcam and it's pointed like up their nose and you got the ceiling in the background as, <laughs> as you're looking at them. And it's just, you know, it's just not a good experience. Right. And the thing I've noticed with YouTube is if you can have good production quality, then it doesn't matter the strength of your signal. So I had this vision of I'll put out content and this content's not going to be me explaining the secret sauce. It's not going to be telling you exactly how to win a certain bet because there's really no benefit in that to anyone. If I teach you exactly how to win a certain bet, it's only going to make that bet disappear. So I wanted to put out content that was well-produced and then also kind of taught you how to teach yourself. And I think that's my audience is recreational bettors who aspire to be sharper, aspire to be better. And I'm kind of giving them the tools and giving them the encouragement to say, look, it's not as hard as you think it is. There are many ways you can do this. Uh, you know, you have the tools you need to succeed. I'm not going to tell you exactly how to do it, but I'm going to give you enough of the uh, guidelines that you can then take this and grow into becoming a better, better, so to speak. And it's, you know, it's taken off. And what happened here with this pandemic is I had been in this um, paralysis by analysis stage of making these videos for a long time. I was not happy with the quality. I wasn't happy with you know, how I looked on camera or even putting myself on camera, the pandemic happens and everyone's talking about Zoom, right? And we're recording this right now on Zoom. And Zoom is a great tool because all of a sudden you're broadcasting and you're, and you can host these webinars on Zoom. And I looked into it and I was like, yeah, I can do this, you know, and, and I can't. Did you watch a video on it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting very meta. <laughs> That's true. Um, I, but I can't be paralyzed if I just have, you know, at 5 p.m. we're turning this camera on and I'm speaking, you know, I got to just go ahead and do it. And I think I work better with that hard deadline. So it's all kind of just come together yeah. in different ways. And maybe I have the pandemic to thank for that. But it's something I'm really enjoying. And I think I'm going to continue to do it well after the pandemic's over. I'm just not sure. I got to find a way to balance it because right now it is a lot of time and effort to make videos. And, sure. Um, <clears throat> You know, once I start betting again, that's a lot of time and effort as well. It kind of feels like you're laying the course, you're laying out a course 
a like syllabus more or less right like this is this translates well to i don't know like teaching a class in you know via you know remote uh, remote teaching that we're going to go through from this point forward like there's definitely once you the formula is there you know this is this is the course you know i feel like you could weave this some way into um you know higher education because right now there's an enormous gap enormous lack you know there's no you can't you can go to uh, get a master's degree in finance or whatever and you know it's not all of that different in terms of market analysis and you know and tools and applied math and things like that i definitely feel like there's an opportunity to weave this into just you know hey here's a here's a course yeah yeah and that's crossed my mind as well um and that's why you know i'm doing this i've been doing a pre-recorded series called making a modeler um andy's probably familiar because he was doing uh <laughs> <laughs> i know it's like the retirement. perfect uh, spinoff right right uh but you know, and I, so I want to do those pre-recorded things because I believe I can do a little higher quality content in a more concise space with pre-recorded videos. And then I want to do these webcasts where it's a little bit more free range. You know, the Q&A is really the highlight of the webcast because I just open it up and we just talk about whatever people want to talk about for the last half of those webcasts. Um, sure. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's gone back and forth in terms of which direction I'm going to go. There's definitely going to be more pre-recorded videos once sports returns and less of the webcasts. Um, but at the same time, you're right. It, it's sort of like a higher education course, you know, and like my next episode of the pre-recorded series, Making a Modeler, is going to be about teaching about correlation and how that affects making models. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the first two were about, uh, you know, making a simple model and what that takes and what that looks like. And then the second one was about web scraping and what it takes to make a web scraper. And in each scenario, I'm always giving people like the easiest way to do it. And it's not the best way to do it. It's not the way I do it, but it's the easiest way. And it kind of gets them over that intimidation hurdle of, oh, there's no way I could ever do this. Then I show you a simple way to do it, like in Excel. And they go, oh, okay, well, I can learn from this point forward. Well, be sure That's, to point out the uh, yeah. the difference between the correlation you're talking about and the correlation between, you know, rushing attempts and winning NFL games. That's, <laughs> yeah, there you the, go. The, how many times you kneel... It's very uh, highly correlated. It's it's funny, like too. You know, you talk about it being it's it is similar to school, and just like school or college, like there's there's just I don't know. In in my experience, when just dealing with people on gambling Twitter and in general in this space, like there's there's two kind of people that want to do this sort of thing, sports bet. There's people that want to do it themselves and get better at it, and then people who don't. They just want. They just want to find someone to give them winners. And, you know, that quickly shuffles itself out. Like you find people that are going to ask a ton of good questions. Like I'm sure you see that in your Q&A and the people who have stuck with some of the, the pre-recorded stuff. Like you, you have you have this subset of people who are actually like very interested in the topic, very interested in getting better at it and becoming, you know, a maybe, you know, not, not an advantage player on the highest level, but maybe somebody who's hitting – above break even and isn't you know they treat it as a hobby but at the same time you don't want it to be a hobby that costs you thousands every month because you you just suck shit at it so i think there's so many people like that and like you said it's there is not that much content out there for if you want to get started like you just gotta like in our case like just uh i don't know if we didn't have this podcast i don't think we'd have learned half of 
10% of what we learned, like just talking to people, like networking is super important. We learned a lot that way, but if there can give you some better content out there, I think that's, you know, I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think there is definitely, uh, there's, there's the pillars and the caterpillars, right? There's people that are, you know, they're, they're strong and, and they're going to, they're going to hold up their own. And then there's people that just want to kind of feed off other people and, and take it the easy way. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's been a fun experience so far. Um, if anyone's wondering how to get to these videos, you can search YouTube for Captain Jack Andrews. Um, you can also go to my Twitter page, uh, at CapJack2000. And I always have the link right there in my profile on how to, uh, get to the YouTube page. Right on. Um, going back to the networking part of it real quick before we move on here, I think it, it has been interesting to see how the di like different types of accounts that existed on gambling Twitter are kind of going in different directions. And it does feel like there is kind of a coalescing and broadening of networking going on uh, among some of the people who are kind of more active, more inclined to, you know, kind of make, make the most out of this, which is pretty cool. I guess, do you feel like you've kind of got a broader reach and a better understanding of the space and who's like, you know, participating with the kind of, you know, best intentions, I guess. I mean, I, I feel like you look at the, what right angle sports is doing with their slack and, you know, what some of the other kind of uh, groups out there have pivoted into just the educational content. Like that's, that's a super promising and positive overall feeling I get about the industry because I mean, it, you know, one year ago it was a hundred percent who can get the most clicks for, you know, you know, most likes, most retweets for a free play, you know, and now it's much more, uh, it feels like it's much more, you know, there's clear differentiating happening among people who are kind of leading the charge and, and broadening the network. I don't know. No, I, you know, I totally agree with that because I've, you know, I've always thought that the, the sports wagering side of it, the, you know, all, all of us on the customer side, you know, we can be collegiate. We can be very, uh, you know, helping each other without giving away our edge to each other. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways we, we don't have to be in competition with each other. And uh, oh, yeah. I see That's it. I see this. There are, there are a lot of entities out there that seem to be competitive, uh, cutthroat competitive. You know, they, they won't retweet you. They'll you know, only retweet their own guy <laughs> and things like that. And, you know, you're limiting the scope of the breadth of, of the message when you do that. Uh, in my opinion, there's a lot of different ways to do this. And, there's, there's plenty of different people out there that are smart about this. And it's a good thing to kind of encourage people to, to cross-reference and say, you know, hey, you might have listened to me today, but did you check out Whale Capper and what he has in this week's guest? Or did you check out this, you know, online Slack channel that's just started up? Or did you check out, you know, this podcast? I mean, there's a lot of good knowledge out there right now. And there's a lot of us that are kind of all looking to... Um, further the message without much because there's, Hey, look, there's not a lot of money behind this in terms of putting content out there. There's just not a lot of ways to monetize this. The, the sector of people that this message goes to is too small. You're not going to become a millionaire from this, despite what, you know, you see from action network and barstool sports and things like that. Um, when it comes to the, what we're doing here, there's there's not a lot of money in it. this is we're doing this out of basically our passion for the industry. yeah passion project absolutely absolutely so i yeah. mean that's that that's what drives me is i want to see a more sustainable sports betting 
uh, product. And this is my way of, of helping that happen. Yeah, that's cool. And well, even, even as, as well, slow so. as, you know, just, uh, I mean, just think about all the, all the things you gather and glean from all the people you talk to, you know, during the day there, Drew, just even, yeah, even sure. as low as like book recommendations or like, I didn't know Michael Lewis uh, had a podcast until the other day and I told you about it. Like, and I thought yeah. about that, like a lot of the podcasts I listened to, I went back and looked at my list and like a lot of these were, you know, somebody else passed them on or books I've read or just projects I've taken on. A lot of the projects I'll think of, I'll just be like, I, I'm not capable of this project. I'm going to tell somebody else about it and see what they can do with it. You know, it's uh, having a community behind some of this stuff is awful helpful sometime. And it's made me a lot smarter over the years. That's a great example. I bought a book on Amazon today uh, that uh, I just happened to to find because you know some guy in Slack posted like a whole run you know rundown of top, you know, rundown of stories that uh, came from the the former um, manager of the sports book at the Stardust. Uh, and I was like, who is this guy? And I Googled him, and there was an Amazon book that was written. I mean, there was a book on Amazon that he wrote it in 2010 that kind of catalogs like all of these like historical context of the, you know, the sports betting scene in Vegas from the eighties through the nineties. Like it was, that it looks fascinating. The Scotty Shetler book. Yeah. It's like, we didn't know. Yeah. Right. We were, we were, the, we were sharps and we didn't know it basically. Yeah. I think that was the title. Did you, have you yeah. read that one? No, I have. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. He's a, he's a character. Oh, I can't wait to read it. So that's coming for me in the mail. I'm excited about that one, but yeah, no, it's it, the, it does feel like the comp without, without betting on sports, they're at the kind of the general competitiveness among the, various players does seem to have dropped and there's more cooperation, more networking happening. It's fascinating to see it. And uh, it's, it's exciting about where this goes from here. Cause I think we're you know, all just commiserating. Uh, like that's, everybody's that's so, that's everybody's so depressed about this and they want, they want uh, to be hopeful together as far as going forward. That's a good point. So anyway, help out your fellow sports better. That's the final message, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Uh, uh, pivot, hard pivot here. Uh, what do you think uh, about the uh, the state of legal gaming? Uh, obviously, it feels like um, you know there's kind of state by state, case by case, success failure going on in the United States. There's not one way that uh, seems to have worked. We've kind of given New Jersey a ton of pats on the back over the last couple of years. You know, from how they approach this and you know what they're what they're what they've been able to accomplish has been super impressive. Um, you know, what, uh, what do you see in terms of, um, the overall growth of sports betting in the U S and, you know, what is, what's the most, what are the most interesting topics to you nowadays? You know, it's, it's real interesting that we didn't see all the states try to do it the same way. Uh, it's, it's almost mind boggling, right? Because you, you look at, especially if you're jumping into this now, you say, oh, well, we can clearly see what's more successful and what's less successful when it comes to different types of uh, setups you do with, with sports betting. And we're seeing a lot of states that are saying, oh, well, we see what's going on, but we're going to try it this way because some consultant that lobbied us has told yeah. us that this is the profit path for us. You know, Montana, we're looking at Montana. Yep. Uh, <laughs> say, Jesus Christ, Montana. Did they you take know, the crown from Tennessee? Did they take the crown from Tennessee as the worst model? Well, Washington, Washington State, well, Washington, you know, Washington D. State is going to be even worse. <laughs> oh. oh no! Um, oh, Washington no. State's one of these deals where 
they could have left it up to the voters to decide, but because they were getting such strong lobby from tribal gaming, they decided to go ahead and pass it as an emergency measure and say only tribal gaming can have sports betting. And we're doing this because this is a this is important to the tax structure of, of Washington. Yet those tribal casinos don't pay taxes in Washington. So you know, where does that That's, that seems like a mistake. And then <laughs> and then they made it so oh you can have mobile gaming but only on the reservations. And if you were to look at a map of Washington as to where these tribal casinos are. They're not in populated areas. They're way out in the middle of nowhere. So if you're a Washington state resident, you're driving four hours one way, three hours another way to get to just two different sports books. Um, it's it's going to be a mess up there. It's not going to be a good product at all. I think that's the oh, biggest thing I'm seeing is just people like, I get it. They're It's greedy people and people who don't fully understand the industry, but like bungling the mobile part of it everywhere it's just killing me it's 2020 everything's mobile like just have at least get that right uh, take a 15 percent hold i don't care just get the mobile stuff right let people bet on their phones if you're gonna steal money from them you want them to be able to do it on their phones uh, just, exactly. uh, that part has been baffling to me you know it's, it's a lot of casinos that have always said that sports betting is a complimentary product in other words it complements the rest of their gaming it's why you have to walk through a casino to get to a sports book rather than have the sports book right at the entrance. It's because they want you to go to the slot machines and the table games and all the other things on your way to the sports book where that sports book could be a loss leader for them. They don't care. But that's, that's not what we're dealing with in all these other states. You know, these other states have the ability to create an industry. And yeah. in that industry, you can make it yes. so that sports betting is a profit center rather than a loss leader. Yes. But, you know, tough to compare. I wish we had some audience. sort of... Yeah, I wish we had some sort of analogy, like some sort of comparison where the autonomy of the various states is causing wildly different results in something like this. <laughs> There's no analog. Sorry, Andy. Can't, yeah. can't we'll come, come up one. with something by can't the end of the pod. Um, anyway, the, it's, uh, I guess uh, the one thing that popped up uh, recently uh, and that I was interested in, and I'm curious what your thoughts were, but, you know, obviously – you log on to any book right now, be it offshore, be it, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, the, 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 uh, the main players in New Jersey, they redirect you to their gaming page, right? There's, there's not, as, there's not live sports going on. So, you know, Hey, here's what we got for you. Right. And there's just these plethora of you know gaming activities out there. Like, do you think that, that, uh, that is going to have to be kind of the primary focus that these, these, uh, you know, these outfits pivot to for the remainder of 2020 to kind of keep things going? You know, we definitely started to see this actually in late 2018, early 2019. We started to see that there is a crossover between a sports better and a online casino player. Previously, the, the thought pattern was that the online casino market is its own demographic. The sports better is its own demographic. And there's no reason to cross sell. Uh, however, DraftKings opened up a online casino and instantly rocketed to the top in the state of New Jersey when it came to online casino revenue <laughs> because they had tapped an wow. untapped vertical. Yeah. So, you know, once we now into this forced area where there's less sports going on, there there is a stronger cross sell now of people that are, you know, going into internet casinos uh, via the sports book rather than 
going into the sports book via the casino, you know, the, the kind of the dynamic I just gave before. Um, and, you know, what we saw, we actually saw New Jersey numbers come out today and it was an $80 million revenue they did in April uh, for, for online casinos. Now to put that in perspective, a year ago, the revenue was 36 million. So this was over wow. jump <laughs> year over year. Whoa. Now, of course, there's a lot of people there that they can't get to the Atlantic City, so they're just gambling online this month. They got a $1,200 stimulus check, and you know this uh-huh. is the way they're going to spend it. Um, yeah, that, so that's a factor, it. but that's not the only factor. And the, the other factors that I think are important for, especially for your audience, who let's say they're a sports better, their state has online sports betting now, and they're getting online casinos, or they're going to get online casinos. There's a there's some decent plays when it comes to internet casinos in legal jurisdictions. You know the promos that we always talk about with these online casinos, with these wacky FanDuel and DraftKings promos, where there's an easy hundred dollars right in your pocket. There's plenty mm-hmm. of those in internet casinos as well. Um, so that's something to look forward to if you're a sports better that you know your state's getting internet casinos. Keep an eye on that. There's there's going to be some value. There's going to be some EV there as well. The games aren't bad. There's live dealer blackjack. It's it's on the up and up. It's not like it's rigged or anything. That, yeah, that was going to be my next question. You hear that so much, like somebody says, you know, don't sure do that because they can game it. And honestly, some some of the things I've had come out of the the community who's betting Sims has made me even more nervous about things like that. But you know, and a lot of this is a lot of this is like regarding the offshores. Like, what what sort of I don't know what sort of regulation is there on online casinos through the legal books. Like somebody's babysitting that, right? Well, you know, it, it all depends on the state. So each state's going to handle it differently. I mean, I know in New Jersey that it's a fairly tough regulation. Uh, you know, especially when you, when you deal with these live dealer games, like they're dealt as if it was a real casino and you're just kind of observing and betting through, <laughs> through your video conference into it. Um, you know, look, I, it's very easy when you're playing an internet casino to think that, oh, that that's impossible to happen. Come on, you know. But if you're in a real casino and the dealer, you know, has a five up and flips over a 10 and then hits, you know, an ace and then a five, you instantly, you don't instantly go, that's so rigged, I'm out of here. Um, I've seen in an, inter- <laughs> in an internet casino, you, well, yeah. Andy, you might do that, but. In the internet yeah. casino, um, you know, that happens and you you just get that feeling like, oh, come on, that's so rigged. So, look, I can't I can't say you won't have those doubts, but um, sometimes it's best to look past that and say, oh, look, I'm going to make my EV from these promotions, not from, you know, trying to mm-hmm. beat the game of blackjack. Are there general, uh, are there advantage plays to be had in the online slots, online games other than just being especially I guess if you're looking past it for entertainment value if you're looking past just making the most out of the bonuses like are there advantage plays to be had yeah you know there's some there's some stories out there uh you know there was a slot machine that New Jersey put out um back a year and a half ago um is that an IGT slot machine they're a you know famous slot machine manufacturer and with the payback of the machine and the state of the game when it starts it starts in an advantageous situation. In other words, it's more than 100% return on your first two spins. And, but you can spin up to $1,000 a spin. And so like, there was a group of people that cleared millions out of these online casinos from playing through this you know, 
at all the different denominations up to a thousand. And here's the best part is they didn't learn their lesson. And there's been other slot machine games since then that have been had certain advantageous positions. And the key to it is, is that the return to the player on these internet casinos is actually higher than in a brick and mortar casino. Oh, Typically it's like 90 to 95% return to player. Whereas okay. in, a, in your regular casino, it might only be 85 to 90%. And in a regular casino, it might be a one cent denomination, but online they might have up to a thousand dollar denomination. So all these factors <laughs> play in and you end up with some, some nice situations sometimes. Now, are they going to continue? I don't know. You know, let's see how dumb a manufacturer can be. But uh, <laughs> given the sample we've seen, it can definitely happen. Okay, I like so I these it. stories almost better than like card counting and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Beating, beating things that, I mean, they absolutely should not be beat. Like you, you, it's computer control. Just make it so they can't be beat. And somehow yet these things crop up all the time where the advantage players find slot machines, certain you know brands. I listened to a podcast about that once and they, they said like, these are still out there. They didn't uh, tell you exactly what it was, but they said, like, it's not like they went and pulled every last one of these out of every casino, and there's still people that float around and find these machines and beat them, which is, I, I guess, I just get I just get hard for those kind of stories. Those are the best. <laughs> I think I, and there's got to be a, a screenplay in there somewhere where they're, like, or a McMillions type of story where the the, the manufacturer knows that they're putting a bug in it. And they're, you know, they're because how else do you figure this sort of stuff out? Like you just trial and error. No one's, no one's trial and erroring. Oh, thousand dollars spin. <laughs> like, don't wonder if this will work. Like, no, it, like <laughs> in the case of that Ocean Magic, when that first came out, I looked at it and I go, oh, that could be decent. And I played it just on my own sample size, and sure. I lost. And up to like, I think I went up to like fifty dollars a spin. And I was like, all right, that was dumb. And then. A year later, somebody says to me, I've heard that there's this group. And I go, well, son of a gun, did I screw this up? Like if I would have just run good in my initial test, I would have continued with this. But no, I decided to let, you know, me, the sharp better who understands sample size, I decided to read into a five spin sample size. And sure. It was no good because who can beat a slot machine, right? So yeah. 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 Okay. I, I kicked myself on that one. Mm. Um, is it is it pretty straightforward to kind of get a, get feedback from the um, you know from the people who are coming up with these games about what the payouts are? No, uh, it's it's usually a pretty closely guarded secret. And in that case, there was a situation where some information was leaked. And each slot machine <laughs> has what's called a a par sheet, mm. and the par sheet basically has what the payout of the machine is, what the expected bonus values are, what the different um, combinatorial <laughs> values are of, of you know, the different uh, reels on the machine, basically. And in this case, uh, somebody got some kind of inside information, and then they were able to kind of uh, kind of re reverse engineer exactly how that worked out to be an advantage in those first couple spins. And, mm, okay. Yeah. How about the standard uh, Vegas style games that are online? Are the same same house advantage in general? Yeah, so like the live dealer blackjack plays just like live like a dealer blackjack game in a casino. Uh, in fact, the rules are basically the same as you would find in a casino. Um, now, if you're thinking, oh, I want to card count that sort of thing, well, 
they only deal about half the cards in the shoe, whereas in Vegas, they'll deal about 75% of the cards in the shoe. So even if you come up with a situation where you have an advantage counting cards, you don't have the advantage long enough to get too much profit from it. And you need to have a high enough spread between your minimum bet, your maximum bet. So, I mean, it's not like this is a, the live dealer games are countable, um, but you know, it's, it's basically just like being in a casino. Wow. Cool. I guess cool. somebody did say that too. Well, one of our friends that does council cards, he said the deck penetration online is just laughable and nobody, nobody really attempts it because there's really not a lot of point in putting the effort in. Got it. I, it's, it's good to know. I, I find this stuff, kind of stuff fascinating. Okay. Um, how about uh, if we zero in a little bit on specifically what's going on in New Jersey? Uh, I kind of set it up off the top that it feels like they're going through the terrible twos here. Uh, mm-hmm. Coronavirus ain't helping. Uh, what, what's your kind of lay, read of the lay of the land there? There's been some pretty wild stories going on and some reshuffling, some consolidation, all kinds of wild, all kinds of crazy stuff is happening. What's, what's your, your general temperature on the state of uh, gaming in, in your home state? Yeah. Yeah. I've been here all my life actually, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, New Jersey's New Jersey's interesting, and it's it's actually interesting to your listeners, no matter where they are, because this is the trajectory that we're going to see in other states as well. So, you know, we have a lot of consolid. Well, we have some consolidation going on right now, and we're going to have more, uh, especially with these companies that aren't going to be able to come out of this pandemic uh, profitably. Um, you know, we have things like DraftKings is going to be switching away from Canby because they purchased SB Tech. So they're going to be using SB Tech. And at the same time, they've already kind of said they don't want to be a B2B provider. So the other sports books that use SB Tech are going to be moving away from SB Tech going with somebody else. So there's some shuffling going on there. Um, you know, we're still seeing a lot with the, the European model of sports betting. And we haven't really seen in New Jersey to the, um, I'll call it the Nevada model. It's not really the American model, but it's the more the Nevada model of uh, you know, you you book to find the sharp bets. So uh, if you book the sharps, then they tell you which way to shape your line. Um, that's, that's even more, not so much the Nevada model, it's like the offshore model. But anyway, point being is we still see too much European model here in New Jersey and not enough of any other choice. So there's a room in this market for somebody to come in, hopefully that's somebody like Circa, who can come in and kind of book to the sharps and book to everyone else. Because and here's the thing, guys, it's like the European model, it's not just winners that they don't like, it's people that just don't lose enough. You know, they're looking to, to book this at like a 10% uh, handle, a 10% loss ratio to handle. So in other words, like if you're losing at less than 5%, you're not, you're too good for them. They don't just want waste your- Waste of their time. Yeah, they don't want your 4.5% loss rate, right? So they're limiting you off as well. So there's a, if you look at the distribution curve of players, the, the line that the European model draws is leaving a large chunk of the curve left out there with diminishing places to play, getting limited in various spots. And uh, there's room for somebody to swoop in and book that action. And, you know, hopefully it's Circa. Hopefully there's other companies, other startups. The trouble is it's like a lot of people have this view of, oh, I'll get into this market and I'll book the Sharps. But that takes a lot of money. That takes time. And, and the barrier to entry to get into any market is pretty steep. Hmm. That's interesting. Interesting, interesting. The, uh, 
some of the stories about SB Tech I've heard have not been uh, super confidence inspiring. Do you think that uh, has any? I mean, uh, you know, do we look up in I don't know five years and you know DraftKings is now just a blackjack site? Uh, I don't think they would mind if they became just a casino <laughs> without a sports book. To be honest, with you. I'm being honest with you. I yeah. think they do. They see their money as in the being the online casino. Um, mm-hmm. You know, look, SB Tech. Uh, you know, you can you can look on Twitter. There's there's plenty of people that tell you some of the secrets going on with SB Tech. Um, my friend Pat Parada being one of them. They're they're shady. You know, they're they got stuff going on in countries they shouldn't be in. They have um, they just copy lines off of other operators. Uh, they make mistakes constantly. You know, it. I don't want to badmouth any one entity, but they certainly haven't done themselves any favors by how they've approached operating in this industry. Um, and you know, I look. I'm. I feel like I'm pretty fair and balanced. I, if if an operator does a good thing, I'm going to say good things about them. If they do a bad thing, I'm going to say bad things about them. Um, I haven't said too many good things about SB Tech because they just haven't. They haven't earned it. So yeah. um, you know, it, but the part of that European model is they're they're always going to succeed if they have enough square money walking into it. So in other words, if there's enough dumb money out there that doesn't know any better and they're just going to bet whatever the billboard that they drove by on the Atlantic city expressway tells them that then they're going to do well. Uh, all those European books, the DraftKings, and, um, you know, the, you know, all the other ones, uh, you know, I, FanDuel's really not so much a European book. They, they take a fair wager sometimes. Um, but all those can be books are definitely that European model. Anyway, if we can cut off the, supply of square money to them, that's when they start to shrivel up and die. If we can expose the glass ceiling to the players and say, look, you think you're doing okay now and they're taking your $50 bet, but if you were even just to wager $200 and start to win or start to not lose, they're going to cut you off. And do you really want to be playing in this glass ceiling? Um, You know, there are better options out there. Go play at the better options. Don't just play where the commercial told you to play. Oh yeah, I feel like if that message got amplified loud enough, people would just be they would be angry about it. Like, what do you mean? Like, you mean I I put all this in? I don't even have a fair chance to be a winner here. Like, what the hell? Like, I, it feels un-American. I gotta tell you, it uh, it annoys me. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, yeah. And we should, I mean, we should vouch for Jack on that. Like the if anybody doesn't follow you or just doesn't keep up with Twitter enough, like you will say nice things about operators and you know, if they're doing something the right way, we've seen that you're not just uh, scolding people. I feel like there's more scolding than nice things, but that's not your fault. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's just a, that's just a volume of bad things. Shenanigans. Yeah. happening. It's a, refl- it's a reflection. It's a direct reflection yeah. of where we're at. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, I guess, uh, do you think, uh, I guess maybe it won't even matter, but, uh, are we going to get, uh, cheap, uh, cheap, good teasers to bet at DraftKings for NFL <laughs> or did they nip that in the bud finally? Uh, probably, probably not. Um, uh, okay. you know, the interesting thing with, with, um, Canby was they priced their teasers accurately. So in other words, like if, if you're crossing through key numbers with your teasers, they're going to give you lousy odds. If you're crossing through dead numbers, they're going to give you great odds, you know, which actually I'll give them a, I'll give them a compliment. That's a very wise way to book it. Absolutely. Uh, 
you know, whereas SB Tech, when they came into New Jersey, uh, they priced their teasers horribly and to, to our benefit, you know, they were, they were doing a two team, uh, six point minus one ten, I believe. And, but they were also stealing lines from pinnacle and pinnacle shades their lines to avoid teaser players. So you were, you were not that going around. Whereas, whereas everybody else would be, you know, at, 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 um, like minus, six and or minus seven and a half uh pinnacle would be at like nine or i tough to explain it properly but basically back in 2018 summer of 2018 uh there was a little situation there where you could just feast on teasers with sb tech shops yeah and i think paying attention is maybe a good lesson in all this we had somebody (laughs) dm us well just i mean pay attention because they're they're, you know look at the and know the math maybe go back and listen to our math 101 or or start to learn a little more about that. Somebody DM'd either me or me and you once about, I, I can't remember which book and I bet Jack will know. It's one of those, like they, they even have a name for it. Like you're able to bet pretty fucking correlated props, like whether <laughs> or some, something that was super correlated. And then, you know, I had to tell the guy I said, you know, these are both minus one ten lines. You're parlaying them. And they're giving you, you know, they're giving you like plus one forty, like that should be plus two sixty, like they yeah. they're they're drawing you in with this. Hey, we'll let you we'll let you parlay these super correlated lines, but the price is not even close to the parlay math that you should be getting. So pay pay attention to that sort of stuff because I think if for every good promo, there's probably five like that that if you actually know what's going on and pay a little attention, you're you're not getting what uh, what they're selling you. Yeah, that was FanDuel with their same game parlay lines, which it was even worse than that, Andy. It was like uh, if they were heavily correlated, it was minus 110 for both bets, and you parlay them together, and it pays minus 110. (laughs) An extra way to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Add a leg for free. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah, no, it was – I remember just like – you know, quickly, they weren't minus 110, so I actually had to do the math real quick and like, oh, man, that's like a dollar off. Like, this is this is bad. Yeah. So, yeah, just I guess that's my my tip tip for the for the podcast. Pay attention. Mm, okay. Well, if we can't bet uh, teasers at the uh, advantage price, you can, if we can't Wong teaser draft games, then that's, that's a shame. But uh, if we do have a football season, a lot more states involved now. We're going to start. We're starting to get to kind of the tipping point where we're going to start to see some regionalized prices. Are are there interesting things going on across some of the new states, some of the new uh, new arrangements, new new deals, new agreements across the landscape that uh, are worth covering? Yeah, you know, will we ever see regionalized prices? That's that's. I don't know about that. I think if we were to see it, we would have seen it by now, and we did see a little bit with Rhode Island in the Pats Rams Super Bowl. Uh, you know, it was it was plus three and a half up in Rhode Island, and the rest of the world was minus two or plus two. Um, so yeah, we have seen a little bit there. I don't know if we'll see it anymore because now you just have so many different states that there's a bigger pool of liquidity for the. Uh, we're going to have multiple states in here during the football season. If we have football, we're going to have Michigan. We're going to have uh, Illinois. Uh, those are two big football states. They you know football is going to play great there. Uh, we're going to have Colorado, which Colorado is going to be like the battleground, right? We're going to have 
I think they already have something like 17 operators that are committed to that state that'll be up and running this summer. And it's the European operators, but it's also the um, Nevada operators as well. So we're going to finally get that showdown of which model works best. Now, spoiler alert, the European companies are going to spend a lot of money on marketing and the Nevada companies, having come off this pandemic, are not going to be spending nearly as much. So that's going to be problematic in terms of the competition. Uh, but you know, if I was a better in Colorado, you're going to have the best next uh, six to 12 months once sports resumes uh, that you've ever had because you're going to have so much competition, so much innovation, things you had never considered you could bet on before. It's all going to be available to you, whether you're a sharp better or a recreational better. Um, but, you know, those other states, Michigan is going to be really big. Illinois, you know, Illinois, look, Chicago is already a betting hungry city as much as New York City, Philadelphia, those other states where betting has just always run rampant, whether it was local bookies, um, you know, Chicago board of, of options trading there has, has always kind of attracted gamblers to the, the equity markets. Uh, it's it's going to be huge in Chicago. I think, you know, products like points bet with their points betting, you know, kind of like it's like options trading. That's going to that's going to take off in areas like Chicago. Um, I hope we, we see a lot more innovative products because now we get the liquidity pool is huge, right? You know, if we get sports back, we got all of Illinois' money coming in. We got Michigan's money coming in, Colorado's money. We got all the states that are already there with Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Nevada, of course, and so on. When these liquidity pools get big enough, these companies shouldn't be sweating the individual betters nearly as much. We don't need to worry about this guy betting a Wong teaser or uh, this guy that has $250 on rushing yards over under prop. Um, you know, they can, they can fade that kind of action. And that's the promise to all betters out there who aspire to be sharper is as the pool gets bigger and your level of, of um, ability increases, you then have the chance to profit going forward. And, you know, there's going to be money to be made. So we'll hope to see that. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, so you're you're saying, I mean, I, we weren't ever going to go to Michigan and, and fade the Lions because I'm sure not not even in Detroit they're probably they're probably <laughs> not even betting the Lions. But but we won't get the chance to fade the Bears this season in Illinois at uh, super advantage prices. You don't think? <laughs> I doubt it. I'd be surprised if it's going to happen. It's going to happen. There there are a few regional sports books in that area. Um, that Chicago is one that's going to be a relatively small independent Ooh, book. They're okay. using the U.S. bookmaker, bookmaking lines, and they're going to kind of shape them themselves. That could be a promising area, you know. Um, but in terms of the big guys playing in there, you know, the points bed and and the bet rivers and places like that, uh, no, they're just going to deal with the blended line that they deal everywhere else. Mm. <sighs> is Barstool bet's going to make a, make a dent in Illinois? They seem they to could. have a lot of bros in Illinois, right? In Chicago? They could. Um, I, you know, I believe Illinois has one of those rules where you have to have the branding be the same as the casino that's hosting it. So oh, in other words, okay. like whatever casino they're with, which is one of the Penn Gaming casinos, they would kind of be the Barstool Sportsbook at Hollywood Casino, Lawrenceville, or wherever, I don't know, whatever one they'd be choosing there in Illinois. But, you know, that's going to be another interesting play is what is the impact of Barstool? How do they approach it? 
what's yeah. Dave Portnoy going to do if people start <laughs> complaining about being limited to $32 on a wager? Is, is he <laughs> going to take the company line? Is he going to take the betters line? Look, I mean, I think we all remember he used to have my bookie. As yeah, there might be. I was just going to say there might be some anonymous uh, folks out there who have uh, have a little have a little uh, a little revenge in mind. <laughs> right. So I mean, he he did not mind scorching earth with my bookie in response to them not letting him bet. What was it, five hundred thousand dollars or something? I forget what a ridiculous amount he wanted. And you know, let's see how he does when he's got Canby back in. You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's weird when you have to you have to step in from the you know he's still going to be a degenerate gambler you know he'll be betting himself but essentially you know he's not fully on the other side of the counter but being in bed with Penn that way it does uh it does add a little ticklishness to how he has to treat uh he has to treat <laughs> stuff like that now that's a good point that's interesting i for, yeah. I've kind of forgotten about the boy that was an interesting week on twitter with uh oh boy was it dave portnoy and poor <laughs> poor anato scandal like just just getting kicked like i i never i'm not sure i even cared for that guy after the whole yorgos thing but even i felt bad for him <laughs> i don't think he coordinated that uh, he no, I was still, and yeah. I, I, I should be. I made money off the Yorgos thing because the line came so heavily down <laughs> yeah. by Alfonso Cuaron. I was able to max bet him at several books at, at an obscenely low number when they adjusted the Yorgos line so much, and I had Yorgos at like fifty to one because I, I bought into the hype. <laughs> so I, I, but I still, it was like a shit heel move. Mm. But yeah, that was that was interesting. So. You think uh, the Barstool bets, if they're like creating content and stuff and like, you know, Pied Pipering, you know, the these folks to come, you know, bet at these shops and, you know, the I can't imagine that they're going to be producing winning content, especially, you know, right off the bat. I don't even know if that's the goal, but it's much more about entertainment, it seems like. Um, does that complicate the success of the whole operation? It should. You know, I've always had a problem with, uh, you know, it goes back to that whole action network wanted to be an affiliate marketer and get a share of your losses. You know, oh, then, right, right. then they, they come out with a, a show called the 19 parlay. You know, you're, if you're part of, if you're betting a 19 parlay, you're not encouraging people to win, you know, you're, you, well, it's, so anyway, there should be a responsibility there that if you're producing content, you can't just be using that content to drive generative betting at your shop, um, but it will, you know, and look, we, we see that elsewhere. It's not like, it's not like this is a puritanical society where we just don't uh, understand the motives behind some people and, and the content they put out there. So it's, it's buyer beware, you know, it's, and that's up to the consumer to say, Oh, you know what, if they're telling me to do this at their shop, uh, it's because they want to profit off of me. Not sure enough. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a weird responsibility there, but nobody to regulate that responsibility. <laughs> right. No, like, no, no, no one's going to step in. I mean, Seville, uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> gonna, but uh, you know, they they're not a legislative body. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure they should be. That boy, that would be wild times. <laughs> Have they embraced the American Betters Coalition? Have you guys got some buy-in from some Seville folks? Uh, well, they, they haven't you know, called us a CSB or anything. So okay, uh, good. That's, I think that's uh, a positive, um, you know, and look, Hey, the, the American betters coalition represents Seville. It represents everybody. Um, it's not there to just get the sharps 
to have better uh, limits for themselves. It's actually there to just create more sustainable gaming so that the tide lifts all boats. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, I could go into far more detail about what ABC is looking to do. Unfortunately, with this pandemic, we've had to take our foot off the gas. And sure enough. We understand that we're not going to have good funding for a while. So a lot of it's just going to be grassroots. And uh, we're going to put out some interesting content, I think, actually. Uh, we've actually had some talks and done some proof of concepts. And we're going to put out some content I think people are going to enjoy. And uh, kind of, you know, allow people to start thinking in that way of, you know, we all need to kind of help each other out um, as the best way. And like we said earlier in this podcast, it's, it's the best way to create a more sustainable environment is to, uh, you know, help everyone become a better, better. I like it. Well, we are, um, we are charter members. We are. Oh, whatever. For sure. I don't know if there was actually, we didn't get like membership cards, but we, I definitely filled out a Google form. You, you filled out the survey. Uh, we, we had a good chuckle at some of your responses, Andy. Definitely. Uh, It got red. That's nice. (laughs) It absolutely did. Now, when you guys do a firm launch, uh, we'll definitely try to, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, we'll make an exception. We won't just bring you back for the anniversary. We'll, uh, we'll do a whole dedicated episode. I think it's a hell of an endeavor. I really, nothing more than I would like to uh, support it and see it, see it thrive. Um, speaking yeah, how many times have we just said, speaking that, of supporting like, it, who's seeing it regulating this stuff? Yeah, exactly. You yeah, need exactly. something like that to protect the <laughs> yeah, matter. Seriously. You need somebody lo- you know, you need somebody lobbying in Washington state and Montana so that they're not screwing this up. You know, like why? Yeah. Like, like you guys can do this so much better. Like just get one informed person, please. You know, just somebody us, who's not, yeah. Just give us 15 minutes to talk yeah. to you you know, an open hearing, but you know, some of these States are not even having these open hearings anymore. So mm. yeah, mm. Uh, don't get me started. It's, it's very depressing. <laughs> okay. Well, speak, speaking of wanting to see it thrive, speaking of, speaking of wanting to see it succeed. Um, and without turning this into uh, an advertisement for Circa, uh, I have been extremely positive about kind of their evolution uh, over the last probably what, say eight months like kind of going back to when they were like hey look we're gonna we're gonna hang the first numbers market-wide we're gonna do some price discovery in college football we're gonna take big you know we're gonna be very forward about our limits and when they go up so you know you know what we're you know what to expect and you can plan accordingly like all of that i thought were massively important um you know decisions that they made of their own volition uh and kind of looks to be uh you know a direction for the company in general, that's, you know, positive for the players, especially those of us who are kind of in the rec plus category where we are, you know, we would like to know that if we start to win at a reasonable clip, we're not going to be limited. We're not going to have no place to play. Um, And I, you know, I guess I haven't listened to their, their interview with, uh, with Rufus and Jeff on bet the process yet. I'm looking forward to that. Um, But, you know, have you have you given thought to what they're trying to do? Do you think it has reasonable likelihood to succeed in in this very competitive marketplace? Oh, I mean, definitely. I mean, Circa is really the the shining white hope that we all have to look forward to here. Um, You know, they put together a great team. Well, first of all, they got a a great owner. I mean, anyone who's ever met Derek Stevens or, or kind of followed Derek Stevens know he's a player's guy like you want to talk to Derek Stevens? He's sitting there at the bar at the casino. He's at the long bar. Right. Exactly. You can go up and talk to him and he's going to be as nice as anything to you. Um, he's got that Midwest kind of root to his personality. Um, so you start with that and then you hire somebody like Matt Metcalf who has worked under 
some of the sharper minds in the industry, but he's also, more importantly, he's a guy that's been a player and he's been a better and he knows what it's like to be a better, to be a sharp better. And he understands the, the ecology of it all where you can take the sharp action and you can factor that in. Um, and he's convinced an owner to say, look, don't listen to what the bean counters say. Uh, let's do it this way. This can work. We can scale this upward and outward into multiple states and become a powerhouse. And we're, they're still in the germination stage of that. You know, we're, they haven't hit that yet. Um, and it seems that Derek Stevens has plenty of patience with these guys. It's going to take time. It's going to take money. Um, they're probably not going to be too profitable for the first year or two. And we're still in that stage. Um, they're going to expand out into these other states. And I'm sure that's not cheap for them either. You know, so this is a huge leap of faith that they need to be commended for in how they're processing this along, even despite everything that's going against them. And I think it's going to work well. You know, they're they're taking a market segment that is underappreciated and they're going to run with it. And, you know, I know they've said that they don't want to be called the penny model because they're not quite the penny model because they're not really low big. They're just their price discovery, though. And sure. They're going to, if they can do that well, and if they can continue to hire these people, it bodes well for the industry. But, but here's one more angle at this. You got to understand is that there's other people like Matt Metcalf that are out there. And as we expand sports betting in general into all these other states, we expand the, the reach out to all these other people and they get into the environment. So even though we have consolidation coming forward and it, consolidation might ruin sports betting, these particles of these people that exist all over the country that are going to be into the sports betting super system, they will have an influence down the line. So, you know, as we cast a wider net as to the theory behind sports betting, we're going to get people like this into the mix and that'll be better for sports bettors. It'll be better for the industry. Um, guys like Matt Metcalf, you know, he's not the only one. There's plenty of others out there. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's encouraging guys. It's really encouraging. It's, it's yeah. one of the things to look forward yeah. to disruptors yeah we, we need to, we'll, we'll get some consolidation and then we'll introduce some disruptors this is gonna be great it's nice to see and like i mean just go look at i mean just even take twitter go look at you know some of the other sports books you know legal books in other states and t- states and territories like we have territories here but you know you, you see like a DraftKings come across your screen it's all about you know hey here's a giveaway or some promos or uh, a boost, a line boost. And then you see Circa come across and they're, they're giving you information on, Hey, this is our hold on this futures market. And I think a lot of people are lost in that. They don't even understand. Like that's quite the amazing number actually, especially compared to some of the holds in the offshores that you're going to see in futures like that, or outrights and racing golf, things like that. Like you, you just don't see other books doing anything like that. I mean, even much less, attempting to lower the hold in, in markets like that because it mm-hmm. sucks because they don't need to people will do bet it anyway but hopefully yeah. it does pay off in the long run and as things come back hopefully their expansion to other states goes well yeah, yeah. the two-way markets is one of my other favorite innovations that they're introducing oh, God, yeah. i really would love to see that blow up <laughs> two-way markets and everything please love it all right oh, well there's some accountability when you have a two-way market there sure as hell is. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> you're uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, this was incredibly informative, was uh, as always, a lot of fun talking about this stuff. 
very thoughtful conversation. So much appreciated for your time and your insight on all of this stuff. And, uh, you know, keep up uh, the amazing work with the YouTube uh, content that you're creating. And, um, you know, I hope, uh, hope we come out of this and can talk about sports betting uh, sooner than later. I appreciate it, guys. This was this was a lot of fun. I always like talking with with you guys. It's it's so relaxed. I mean, you know, whale capper sitting there in the California sun, and he's sitting there with the he's got the background of Anchorman or something behind him there. It's, uh, he's hilarious. in the whale's vagina. Yeah, he's and, in, yeah. I'm in, I'm in the studio, and yeah. and your listeners don't even see this uh, yeah. this video entertainment. It's it's amazing, but it's yeah, been fun, uh, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thanks a, thanks a ton for your time we know you're busy and yeah if anybody is looking to get continue to get better at this hopefully you're learning stuff from us as we go along but definitely check out uh captain jack's content he's putting out it's i mean it's top-notch stuff you're gonna learn something and yeah that's how you yeah. that's how you win we got a ton of comments when we did the betting math 101 podcast and just imagine if you had a visual aid to that and someone describing it who had thought out pretty clearly what they wanted to say and, and did it in a thoughtful way. So you know, we should have written a script you, for that one. <laughs> yeah, we definitely <laughs> should have. It was fun though. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely would highly recommend anyone who's kind of, uh, you know, just feels like they're ready to grind it out and, and get better at this, like cannot miss with this content. So uh, check it out. And, uh, and thanks again for all your time and best of luck. Thank you. Good job.